Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Sometimes I suspect that if it wasn't for absent-minded people like me, Jewish law would be a lot simpler. Hi, this is Rabbi Scott Perlow, and we're doing a daily daf differently. Today we're in Masechet Shabbat, page 142. In order to get onto our daf, we first have got to understand the idea of muksa, which means in Hebrew to be set aside, and it encompasses an area of Jewish law, specifically on Shabbat and the holidays, that's fairly complex. But the gist of it is that there are a number of objects that on Shabbos, on the holidays, we don't touch or move. For our purposes, the reason you wouldn't touch or move one of these objects is summed up in a single question. Does it have a purpose on Shabbos? Let me give an example to make this clear. Your wallet is a great example. Now, my wallet at this point is basically a part of me. It goes wherever I go because I need its contents to conduct basic daily transactions, except on Shabbat, because not only does the wallet have no purpose on Shabbat, but that most of the purposes that I could use it for are in fact forbidden on Shabbat, spending money, uh, dealing with bills or receipts. So therefore, my wallet is muksa and needs to be set aside. A more complicated example, but one we're thinking about, are my keys. Now, I ask people not to consider what I'm about to say as an expression of halakha lamase, of Jewish law that you should actually do, because when it comes to key rings, which have more than one type of key on it, there are differences of opinion as to whether or not it's permitted. My keys have different purposes. For example, my key to my house is perfectly useful on Shabbat. How else would I get inside? And I can use it as much as I need to. But I don't drive to a synagogue or use my car on Shabbat, personally. And therefore, my car key is, in fact, muksa. Its only purpose is to enable an activity that violates what my estimation of Shabbat is. So therefore, my touching it would have no other purpose besides a prohibited one. So I shouldn't monkey around with it. So what I used to do, Arab Shabbat, is to make sure that my car key was set aside or to use a completely different keychain that doesn't have, for example, the electronic fob that lets me into my office or my gym memberships on it. Instead, I use a second set of keys that are just for my house so that I am not violating the laws of muksa. This applies to things like coins, bills, and mail, which are muksa for a slightly different reason, but still muksa. And even simple detritus, basically schmutz is the best translation, stuff that has no purpose whatsoever is more or less trash. doesn't really get moved around on Shabbat unless it becomes so disgusting that it inhibits my Shabbat experience. Now, all of this would be relatively straightforward if it wasn't for people like me, by which I mean that before Shabbat, what you would do would be to take the objects in your house that are muksa, either put them in your desk drawer or clear them off or throw them away, just to make sure that nothing that you shouldn't be handling on Shabbat was lying around. But then come into the story the absent-minded, who sometimes leave things all around them 
and don't notice where they've left them. So the question comes up, what happens when an impermissible object, like coins or keys, or even just schmutz, is somehow or another in contact with an object that is not only permissible, but that you desperately need on Shabbat? So here's what the Mishnah on page 142b has to say. With regard to a stone, which is muksa on Shabbat and may not be moved, that was placed on the mouth of a barrel, one tilts the barrel on its side and the stone falls. If the barrel was among other barrels and the other barrels might break if the stone falls on them, he lifts the barrel to a distance it from the other barrels and then tilts it on its side and the stone falls. With regards to coins that are on the cushion, he shakes the cushion and the coins fall. If there was schmutz on the cushion, he wipes it with a rag, but he may not wash it with water because of the prohibition against laundering. If the cushion was made of leather and laundering isn't something that we're worried about, he places water on it until the bird dung ceases. For those of you who are looking along with the Mishnah, you'll realize that I've editorialized a little bit. Please know that the extra comments are from Rav Steinsaltz's translation into English. Now, this Mishnah isn't presented in the easiest order to understand conceptually, so I'm going to rearrange the pieces in order to make it a little bit more clear. First, we're going to go to the middle. With regards to coins that are on a cushion, remember that the coins are muksa and shouldn't be touched on Shabbat, but the cushion might be something that you need and is perfectly permissible on Shabbat. What does a person do? He or she shakes the cushion and the coins fall. The same is true with some kind of container that has something we need in it, like a wine barrel. That's the example that the Mishnah uses. And somehow or another, a stone or some other object that is muksa, that has no purpose on Shabbat, or whose purpose is contrary to the point of Shabbat, was on top of it before Shabbat started. So if you need that container, what you do is you kind of take the container and you tilt it on its side until the stone or whatever object falls off. Um, and if it's too delicate to do it, what you do is you lift up the container and you move it, and then you turn it on its side. Here's what I think is worth taking from this particular Mishnah and the Talmud's treatment of it, which is that if you've got one of these situations where an object that's not permitted is somehow in contact with an object that is permitted, what you do is that you move the permitted object and not the one that is forbidden. You basically take the thing that you're allowed to monkey with and you move it around until the non-permitted object falls aside. And as it says in the Gemara, Tarchinan leheitera velo tarchinan leisura. In order to solve the problem, we exert ourselves with the object that is permitted and not with the object that is forbidden. And that's a daily daf differently, page 142 of Masachet Shabbat. See you next time. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.